Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Welcome back to the Appalachian Baptist Network, and today I've got three of us here, and we're going to deal with a question about pilgrims and patriots, specifically, should there be patriotic usage and services in a church set up around that? And to help me with that, back for the first time since his big move down south, Matthew Jacobs, thanks for being on here today. It is good to be back. How is it going down there? How's the move and transition been? It, it, it is. It has been going well. God has been gracious in so many ways. One way is uh, we've had low humil- humidity for the most part, minus uh, this week. And so it's been a, an easier adjustment temperature wise, but uh, I'm starting to feel like it's summertime. Um, yeah, you're uh, you're going to want to invest in some good deodorant down there, right? The yes, good, good deodorant, good body wash, you know, and, and air conditioning. <laughs> inside of your your shirts right and, and yeah that's what i meant just i just kind of like to rub it on the side of my cheek duct, duct tape it and then they then they sell that special stuff for for king size guys like me where you use it for where the thighs rub and it's like you're skating through so i might have to invest in that too that's gonna make the cutting room floor if i ever what is that Travis? yeah exactly and then also joining us is Neil Nelson. Neil, welcome back. But you're in the north there, and it's a balmy, what, 50 degrees this morning? 55 degrees, and I'm outside loving it. Must be I mean, nice. you guys are going swimming later, aren't you? That's yeah. like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing a little sunbathing. <laughs> you know, it's it, it would be. It's like summertime in Wisconsin at this point. So Summertime, and the living's easy. That's right. All right. Well, let's let's jump into this. Does American patriotism have a place in our worship services? So what a couple of things we want to say and why this is important is for the first time in a long time, July the 4th is actually going to hit on a Sunday this year in 2021. So that's going to be unique. Uh, and then we kind of are getting ready to hit this kind of patriotic season in America, which I would argue probably starts, what would you think, Memorial Day weekend, last of May, runs through July, almost like the whole month of July, people leave their flags up and everything. And then, of course, you also have patriotic services and worship centers that are orienting their uh, honor and things like that towards veterans on Veterans Day. Uh, one of the biggest differences between Memorial Day and Veterans Day is, of course, Memorial Day is to honor those who have fallen in combat, and Veterans Day is to honor those that are alive and have come back home to us. So that's the big distinguishing difference. All right, so uh, let's jump into this. Uh, what What's going on with this? What, you know, this this is a, should there be patriotic? Does patriotism have a place in a worship service? Maybe what three three decades ago, this probably wasn't even discussed that much. It was just understood that this is how you do this. That, that of course, you have patriotic elements in a in a church's worship service. Uh, but if we were to go back further, or we were to come back around to where we are now, uh, this has been something that's been on debate. Some churches have gone as far as to completely remove the U.S. flag from their worship stands. And what what is the thinking behind that? Like, what what's going on in, in that understanding? I think when we look at that understanding of the removing of, of the American flag from the worship area, 
is more of a, a push to realize that we as believers in Christ, though we may be citizens in America or Canada or wherever, that ultimately we're there to worship Christ, like we're representative of his kingdom. And so there, there's a separation mentally of it's not about the nation in which we dwell, but it's more about the kingdom in which we long to be a part of. So I think it's that that distinguishing factor that we're a church that's focused more on God and his kingdom than where we currently dwell. Yeah, and I, I think I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it's just a, a helpful distinction for us that that for too long, I, I think we, we as, as churches have, and, and as conservative Bible-believing churches, have, have sort of had to, to wade through um, the the kind of the melding of our, our faith and our nationality in, in a way that cannot be helpful in our understanding what it means to be following Jesus and allegiant to him. They like that answer so well, they were beeping the whole time just to get in there. Uh <laughs> So let's, let's talk a little more about why this matters. I think we almost need to ask a bigger question and just, we need to back up and say, what exactly is the local church? If we, we examine that first, I think it's going to help us to, to assess through this question of patriotic elements or patriotic services in the local church. Uh, the Bible uses a lot of different metaphors to describe the church. First Timothy five, one, the church is described as a family Galatians 6.10, we're described as a household. Ephesians 2.19-22, a temple for the Lord. But when thinking about the church as an institution, it's helpful to think of it almost in terms of an embassy. A well-known pastor theologian, Jonathan Lehman, has said that an embassy declares its home nation's interest in the home nation, in the host nation. And it protects the citizens of the home nation living in the host nation. So if you were to think about this, a, a U.S. embassy in, say, Iraq, right? So they're going to protect all of those. That, that soil that the U.S. embassy sits on in Iraq, that's considered U.S. soil, right? You know, that is, that is even though it is sitting inside Iraq. So a local church is a real-life embassy set in the present that represents Christ's future kingdom and is coming universal church. So as Christians, we really have dual citizenship. We're ultimately monarchist since we are primarily citizens of the kingdom of God, submitting our life to the rule of King Jesus, but we also are citizens or resident aliens of earthly nation states like the United States. And so sitting this in, this is a this is I think a helpful way to think about it. Would you brothers agree? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think understanding the, the role of a, a dual citizenship. I mean, I, th- I think we go in the New Testament, we sit there and say that we're, we're aliens, we're sojourners, you know, we, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Um, and understand that our citizenship is ultimately with with Christ. And um, I, I think that's a good definition of understanding that dual citizenship and that we are ambassadors. We see that in Second Corinthians, that we're ambassadors for the Lord. And so I, I think that's a good a terminology of us thinking through and dwelling on how we have both and how we both citizens of whatever nation we're in, we're happy to be in America. So how are we citizens of America, but also understanding in the big picture, we're citizens of the kingdom of God as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and Lehman, Lehman is writing, um, serving in churches uh, that, that are all within range of Washington, DC and, and, and have people from, 
from uh, from government that are attending their churches from both sides of the political party. And, and so this is this is a firsthand challenge for him as a leader and as a pastor and as a thinker. And, and he's been very helpful to me in thinking through what is the church and how do we distinguish that? Um, but but furthermore, I, I think Russell Moore would say that's that's part of the beauty of, of some of the challenges that the statistics have shown the church is facing currently um, in, in terms of the fact that that in some ways, as, as the nation makes clear its move away from faith, it, it becomes easier for us to ask, how can we distinguish ourselves as Christians and followers of Jesus, even in the United States, something we would have taken for granted didn't need to happen, like you said, Trav, maybe 30 years ago. Yeah, I think that we are seeing a continual move in the nation in general, becoming more acidic to biblical Christianity. And we will probably, as we age together here, we're close to the same age here. Matthew may have may have to be stuck in it about 10 years more than me and Neil. But me and Neil, are we're, we're getting towards the middle here. We're about halfway done. So, uh, but Matthew, you'll have another decade past us at least, right? Uh, you know, we're going to see, I think, the state and the church become less friendly with each other as the state becomes more acidic towards the church. And um, that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Recently, we have seen a video emerge in the wake of COVID where a, a pastor, I can't remember where he was from, one of the Baltic states that was under communistic rule. Did you guys see that clip where he threw those cops out of a church in Canada? They were sent there uh, to shut him down and observe, and, and he was calling them out for being... No, that, that was actually us here in Toma. Was it really? I know. I know. So uh, I thought it was. I thought that. I thought that guy looked familiar. I couldn't remember where I'd seen him from. It was your church. That's where it was. So, <laughs> but you were saying before I interrupted. Uh, anyway, and he was calling these cops bullies. You know, saying the state was bullying. He said it was just like communism in the country he left. And so we're, you know, I don't want to see that in America, but I think we're going to see that. The other issue, though, on the other side of that whole thing is some pastors, this Lifeway study points out, worry that perhaps there some members in the church even worship America uh, more than God or almost portray in the service that America is of greater importance than worship to, to God. What, what do you brothers think about that? Well, I, I think there's a long history of that. I mean, I, I think that even when America, when people were coming over to America, they, they were hoping this would be a city on a hill. And in some ways, I think very early on, um, America language that was meant to refer to to Zion, to the people of God, to Jerusalem, um, and then ultimately to the church, I think was at times used in, in how they talked about America. And so I think that's, we've had a long history of, of that challenge where, where our Again, our commitments to Jesus and our commitments to our nation are, are uncomfortably melded together. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we, we certainly need to address that. And I think that's a valid fear from pastors throughout, throughout the country. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a scary line to walk. And I think there's a, a decent amount of people, especially over the last couple of years, that have kind of walked the line between worship of God and worship of nation. And have kind of blended the two. And... I think an element of this, uh, of that desire, goes back to nostalgia. You know, going back and remembering um, the nation when you were younger and remembering how it was. And 
I mean, you get used to get to pray in school, which I'm sorry. I, I don't remember a time in my life. I'm 29. I don't remember a time in life where we didn't pray in school, but you know, that's the big, that's the big hot button subject. Um, remember a time where a moment of silence in the, the, the did prayed. you have anything Neil up there in Chicago growing up? Well, Meditation. well, I went, when I went to Christian school, certainly we prayed, but no, not, my, my, my high school public school experience that that we did not do that we did say the pledge every morning but no no moment of silence no no any kind of exercise or expression of faith yeah but an element of remembering what it was like and now the world looks completely different than the world you grew up in and society believes things completely different than the world you grew up in and so i I think there's this push of god gave us this this was a sweet time and we want to return this to it. And maybe in the political sense, they're not able to go and do what they used to go do. They're not able to go and do the things nationally to celebrate it. And so I think there's a, the, an element of, well, maybe church is the place that we can remember the days gone by of how great our nation once was. I like that you brought in the nostalgia piece for this because, uh, you know, in in an, a time when so many things are changing, you know, we have seen, I would argue, the conservatives used to hold the moral standards for the country and set that pace. Now it's not the right, but the left, who seem to be the ones who are holding this sort of standard of morality and, and all that. So that's shifted. Um, you know, the, the country in general seems to be taking a, a shift towards the left, just in, in its views, thinking and all that. And so it feels like, well, maybe the church is a place, since it's not compromised on the gospel, it won't compromise on this idea of what I think America is. And so I think that's kind of where these things get hooked together. And and I I think an element of this, and y'all are way wiser. And Yes, go on. Flattery will get you everywhere. Easy on the ears part. (laughs) (laughs) But... I, I think an element, I mean, we sit there and think of like the push for America's the greatest. I, I don't know if they were, would be having these conversations 40 years ago. I don't know if you get struck up on a Sunday morning, 4th of July, and sing some of the songs that we sing now. Um, I think when we look at um, the, the space race, we look at um, the issues of communism and some of the political wars and issues that we've found ourselves in with the cold war and coming out of all that. So I think there was a push that America is the greatest and a push that we're going to beat anybody that stands up against us. And so I think that necessarily is that we have a large portion of people in our churches that their entire life, they have been pushed and taught America and the idea of we're the best, we're the greatest and more of a push towards nationalism than generations now are being pushed towards. Which I think is why there's that push in the church is, man, we, we saw America do some amazing things the last 40 or 50 years. Like if you sit there and think through teachers and, and people that were teaching us and some of our older congregation, I mean, they remember the space race. They remember watching the wall be torn down. They remember all of these things that America played a role in and kind of seeing that we were in competition to be the greatest. 
and that pride of nationalism, like we helped Brett take down the Berlin, Berlin Wall. We sat there and sent Mr. Gorbachev, bring down this wall. Well, <laughs> they remember these things. You remember that, Neil? I know you weren't around yet, but I was. Not I, I definitely of. remember it. I even remember an Alvin and the Chipmunks episode that referenced the bringing down of the wall. So, so definitely a big part of my childhood. But seeing those things, I, I think, pushes it towards um, the nostalgia of I remember what it was. People were proud to be Americans. And that's not the case when you look at America now. Yeah, speaking from my position of age and wisdom, as you so rightly recognized, I, I, I think that's a really, a really easy, excellent observation. <laughs> because you, you do you i mean you look at that even in how leadership is viewed today and and so so our the, the younger generation's view of leadership authority uh, of the national leadership is much more skeptical and so so we we live in the generation of i want to be careful about using the term but but a revisionist history where we're we're pulling out all of the things that we've done wrong and so in some ways the greatness of our nation is has or the lack of greatness of our nation has, has been accepted or our generation is comfortable with, which has made them less concerned with wrestling for our nation being represented in worship, which can be healthy. But we as church leaders know that view and skepticism of leadership also impacts how they view the church as well. So we, we wade through that or walk through that in, in the church as well. Uh, yeah. And so just to be clear, about this too i'm a i'm a patriot i love saying pledge allegiance to the flag i love our nation um one of the things i've seen and observed is that um if you look at the the kind of narrative the left and the right have i think one comedian pointed this out they said you know the left sees america as a complete dumpster fire and the right sees america it's like a big pep rally and uh, I thought, man, that's a pretty good illustration of where a lot of people are. And the reality is, if we stand back and look at this as biblical Christians, uh, you know, Bible-believing Christians and dual citizens of heaven first and then America second, we would have to point to the left and say, you're wrong, because there are freedoms and good things here. This whole country is not a dumpster fire. And then we would have to look at the right and say, you're also wrong there are some things that we need to work on as a nation and improve, right? Or, or could you say that we're a pep rally where there is a dumpster fire? Could, could, could both have an element of rightness? <laughs> there could be that. Yeah, there could be that. Uh, so we, we're getting a little bit off course here. We need to return back to our original question. And the or- original question is this, is America a dumpster fire? No, I'm just kidding. The original question is this, does American patriotism have a place in worship services? All right, so let's, let's return back to this and, and think about this for a minute. All right. What kind of elements have we seen that are patriotic elements incorporated in worship services? So what have you seen, brothers? Hang an American flag from the pulpit. The, the pulpit? Did you say the pulpit? From the, from the pulpit. I've seen whatever the little half circle American things are draped all over the front of the stage. Is that the bunting? I guess that's what it's called. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, um, American red, white, and blue flags with little mini American flags in the flower arrangements. Um, I've seen firework shows. In, During Sunday morning worship? Yes. Wow. 
Not not at a church I've served. I've never seen very that. Popular like, church. How yeah. did they pull that off? Did everybody like go outside for a minute, or did they just catch the church on fire, the building on fire? They, they had. I, I don't know. It, it was. It was a dumpster fire of a service for me. Tell us literally and figuratively. How does it really feel about here? I'm singing songs, singing God Bless America, singing the national anthem, singing uh, the branches of the military. Um, So I'm going to share this, and this is an example. I saw this. I sat through this, and this was hard for me to sit through. It's probably the worst patriotic display I've ever seen. Uh, so they had this kind of like a musical. Mel- I'm not a musician, so I'm going to say melody where they did a lot of different patriotic songs, like and th- and they're in the Baptist hymnals. Like you can look and see, several of them have them. And then there was like creative ministry team, and we could probably do a whole episode just about creative ministry teams where they do the movement. Let's <laughs> that for another. One. And uh, and at the end of this like creative ministry team thing, they they drape this large American flag in the middle of the stage, and then everybody who was on this creative ministry team got down in their knees and started praying in the direction, like assuming a prayer position bodily, of a of uh, towards the American flag. And I remember thinking as I was watching this, if I was not a Christian. I would not understand that they were praying to God and I would assume they were praying to the American flag or to wash towards Washington, DC. And it was very muddied what we were actually in there to do celebrate America or celebrate who God is. So back to this question of what do we do with it? Well, let's ask some questions here. Let's ask the question of if you were in another country, Let's pretend for a minute we're in a church in China and it's their Chinese like new year, which is like their big holiday, all that. You just happen to be there during that time. And as part of the worship service, they asked everyone in the service to stand up and pledge allegiance to the people's Republic of China. Would you feel comfortable doing that? No. No. All right. Let's, let's go to Iraq for just a minute. Let's let's say we show up in Iraq at one of their big I don't know what the Iraqi calendar or their big patriotic time of year is. And while you're Ramadan. in that worship service and what is it? Do you know? I was just playing Ramadan, but Ramadan okay, it's Ramadan, whatever. But this is Christians, so because <laughs> Ramadan has to do with Muslims, right? So you don't know? You really don't probably know? L- less celebrated. Probably less, less celebrated. Less celebrated church, by Christian. Iraqi church. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. But you you hit them on what a particularly patriotic weekend while you're in Iraq visiting for whatever reason. And during the service, they they asked the Iraqi war veterans. Now, these would be veterans who would have fought against U.S. forces and allied forces to stand and be honored and recognized. Would you be comfortable with that in that worship service? You know, personally, I, I obviously would would struggle with that somewhat, but 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 I don't know that it's totally outside the question to to respect and, and appreciate their service for their nation. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I would not I don't think that's fitting in a service, even as we're talking about how American patriotism fits in the service. But uh, but I don't know that I'd be more miserably uncomfortable like I would be. So if I was asked to pledge allegiance to the flag of another nation. 
I think that your our listeners can hear the point that's being made, right? Yes. The point that's being made here is the the message of the church must be clear. Who the allegiance that is being called for must be clear. The Bible does have room. You know, I think there is room for Christians to be thankful and patriotic. You know, there is passages like, you know, show honor where honor is due. There are passages that talk about God has determined and asked where we would be born and at what time we would be born. So God made us American. We're all American. And by God's grace, uh, Appalachian here, right? <laughs> well, at least some more than others. Now, one of us now. So, uh, and so, you know, and, and it's a big deal here in Appalachia because we have a high number of veterans, like one out of 10, which is an extremely high number. I know they're in Toma, you guys are sitting right next to military bases. You have one or two bases right there. We've, we've got two bases, one to the west of us, one a little southeast of us, and have people from our church who are employed at both and serve at both. And so it's, it's a big deal in how we, you know, take the time to honor that. So um, as our time kind of kind of slips away here, I, I do think that there is probably, you know, a place, you know, we have it here at Grace. We have different you know, elements that we see there. And just curious, are, what are you guys plans since, since the 4th of July actually falls on a Sunday this year? Will there be any patriotic elements in the worship services at your churches, or are you going to completely shy away from it? So I've already talked to my worship pastor this morning. <laughs> um, and he, he, and he, he kind of sat there. I was like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast here in a little bit, so my door will be shut. And he was like, what's the topic? And I told him he went, uh, and he told me, and I didn't say that, Hey, you know, 4th of July is on a Sunday this year, but he told me, he said, I think for, for him, he said, there's an element of, we should be thankful for God that he's allowed us to live in a place where he's lived us lived. And we should be thankful to God and pray that God continues to give us a place where we're allowed to, to worship freely and share the gospel without fear of being put in jail and the benefits that we have as Christians for now. He said, but Sunday morning needs about Christ. Sunday morning needs to be about glorifying him and lifting him up. And he, he told me, it's like, I have a hard time singing, you know, the branches of the government song, you know, I have a hard time singing, um, God bless America. And he actually, it wasn't because of the song it's because of the person that wrote the song. It was interesting. Um, but so I, I would think for, for us, there would be an element of respect and thankfulness for the place that we live. But based off conversations, it will be more towards the heart of this is Christ and not America, which is refreshing. Yeah. And, and I have not talked with our senior pastor about our plans for the 4th of July. I didn't get to mention this earlier. I didn't know where to jump in on the conversation, but I was actually a part of, as a young person, a recreation of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima as a part of our veterans day service. So so just, I, I don't know that that tops fireworks as a part of Sunday morning worship, but that was, that was a pretty grand expression uh, on the, the part of our church of, of me and a number no of way. other That students. really happened? Really happened, dressed in military. Where, where were you on the flag holding part? Were you at the bottom, top, where'd they put you? You know, I, I honestly don't completely recall. I feel like I was, I was one of the guys who was reaching over some of the guys who were lower on the ground. Um, so so I, I don't know that I was the very top person but do if, if memory serves correct, I think I was as one of the guys standing. Please up. tell me. Please tell me there's a picture somewhere. Is there a picture somewhere? I, 
not that I know of, but I could I can make some contacts and find out. Please do. We'll, we'll have to feature that. <laughs> that would be a bridge too far, my friends. Yes. Yes. For a Sunday morning worship service. I, I think that's where we start to, to teeter on the line of a golden calf of idolatry. Yes. Um, that, that that's potentially true definitely potentially true and and so so for us i i, I and i don't think it would be inappropriate in a, a sunday morning service and, and one of the other things i wanted to appreciate um you know we're, we're talking as, as three guys who have not served in the military um or been in a theater of war which again a number of our, our veterans have been and, and so while we may not agree with their position i think we have to be empathetic to the level of commitment they've had and the challenge that it would be to work out those devotions when they've served in that capacity and how to express those things. Um, and I think there's a genuine desire for many of those veterans to, to seek the Lord appropriately and seek his blessing for our nation. I just think it's worked out bad in, in our ecclesiology sometimes when we go that route, but, but I, I can see it being appropriate to pray for our nation on, on some of these patriotic holidays to, to pray for them in a special way as a part of our corporate body of prayer. Um, but I'm with you guys. I, I think these hymns that are not geared at lifting up the name of Jesus and celebrating who he is and what he has done are just not appropriate. Um, for a, a service of worship. And like you said, we, we start to inch towards golden calf territory pretty quickly um, when, when we start to pledge allegiance or, or sing our worship before our God to, um, to, yeah, to, to things other than him. All right. Uh, just one thing you said there, and I'm just going to say what you said in a different way. You're not necessarily saying that we just adopt a culturally relativistic view of the natures of, of the nations of earth. But we we can consider ourselves in good conscience to be patriots, but rightly understood, not as not as racist, raging racist conservatives, right? But as people who are proud to be created when we're created in the nation that we're created and proud of our nation and the accomplishments that God has allowed us to do. Um, you know, this country and the wealth that is here has generated a lot of missionaries to a lot of different countries where the gospel has been able to be taken because of the context and the freedoms that we have and the wealth that we enjoy all at the hands of God in this country. So I, uh, I think, um, you know, I always celebrate the 4th of July with Lee Greenwood because he's awesome. And uh, I play that cheesy, but awesome song, God bless the USA. Like it is not the 4th of July in my mind without Lee Greenwood. You know what I mean? Uh, I wear, uh, yeah, Matthew's loving it over there. I can just tell from the facial expressions, but it's what I do. I also like to play uh, a song by, oh shoot, it's called Ragged Old Flag and uh, the man in black. Who was it? Um, gosh, what Johnny is it? Cash. Will Smith. Johnny Cash. Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, it's Will Smith. I like to play Ragged Old Flag. Does Will Smith have any patriotic songs? I can't recall. Who's the Men in Black? Men in Black. Here comes the Men in Black. Is e- that what it is? Exclusively, he has patriotic songs. There you go. Exclusively. All <laughs> right. Any closing thoughts before we land the plane here? I've got a thought from, I'm going to read from Kevin DeYoung before we go out here. So, Well, I don't think anybody wants to speak in place of or before Kevin DeYoung. So I think I'm comfortable allowing him to provide the closing thought. Matthew? I'll second that motion. All right, here we go. 
Here's here's Kevin DeYoung's closing thought for this service or this uh, for a patriotic service that we've been talking did, about. Did he give you this thought when you guys spoke on the phone prior to the podcast? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, this is an article. I'm going to link it in the bio here that Joe, that a, a U.S. veteran wrote, and he said this is his thoughts on it. This is a, from a Marine. Said he agrees with Kevin DeYoung. Here's what Kevin DeYoung writes: Faithful gospel preacher. Uh, I think he's still is he still in the same church or did he? I know they moved denominations, but did he move churches too? He he went from uh, Michigan to uh, one of the Carolinas a few years back. So if that if the Carolina okay. church is the one you're referring to, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, Charlotte, I, couldn't, okay. I couldn't remember where he landed. Anyway, he says this: Please think twice before putting on a star-spangled gala in church on this Sunday. I love to hear the national anthem and God bless America and my country, tis of thee, but not in the church where the nations gather to worship the King of all peoples. I love to see the presentation of colors and, satur- and, and salute our, veteran, our veterans, but these would be better at a Memorial Day parade or during a time of remembrance at the cer- uh, cemetery. Earthly worship should reflect the ongoing worship in heaven. And while there are many Americans singing glorious songs to Jesus, there they are not singing songs about the glories of America. We must hold on to the traditions of the apostles in our worship, not the traditions of American history. The church should not ask of her people what is not required in scripture. And I give an amen to that in all categories. So how can we ask Koreans and Chinese and Mexicans and South Africans in our churches to pledge allegiance to a flag that is not theirs? Are we gathered under the banner of Christ or another banner? Is the church of Jesus Christ our Jewish Lord and Savior for those draped in red, white, and blue, or for those washed in the blood of the Lamb? That's about as good as a closing thought as I can give for today. So, I second that. Guys, thank you for being on here. I hope you guys will join us next week. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to go, which podcast we'll have, but always a pleasure to have you both on here. And Matthew, so good to have you back, man. It was good to be back, my friend. Very impressed with how quickly your office looks put together on the video. I know the viewers can't see that. The listeners can't see that, but well, but it well, looks good behind you. When I moved here, I didn't have an office. No. I was sitting at a they were they were in the process of building this for me. So. You know, one guy told me this years ago. He said you can always tell how much a church may love and respect you based on your office space uh that they give you. So if <laughs> If you, <laughs> he's panning around so we can see it. Ooh, that is nice. You are well communicate if you don't even get an office. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> no more. Nah. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a glorified broom closet as your office, then, well, <laughs> see where you stand in priorities for the building, right? All right, guys, thanks again, and hope to join in next week for ABN. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.